a good weekend. Uh, I'm kind of excited because it's supposed to get up to the 50s this week, so that's kind of great, uh, ready for some spring. Although uh, at, in Colorado, uh, in the mountains, actually that spring is when we, we usually get most of our snow, so we'll see how long that lasts. Anyway, um, hope your weather is cooperating and being kind to you. Um, I thought we would talk about how big is God. Uh, now, clearly, <laughs> if you're a believing believer, God is huge. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not really talking about the correct answer. I'm looking for the helpful answer. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, if, if we're all about, well, I got the answer right, uh, but we're not experiencing what we have the answer right about. <laughs> We're not really living in the fullness of where we need to live. And so, and this is a, this is a good question to ask ourselves because, you know, we look around at um, politics, cancel culture, all the stuff that happens and, you know, we can get shaken. We can start to get depressed. Um, just the issues, the stubborn issues in your own life or in family members, um, that are pain points in your life. Uh, and so we can really start to get down, hopeless, in despair when we start to look at the problems. And, you know, I, I talked about this last time where we're looking for answers in the problems. And so uh, at some point, we need to get our gaze off of the issues and our gaze onto a God and then be asking ourselves, how big is God? How masterful is God? How surprising is God? God is, God, uh, you know, pulls things off in really surprising ways. He just doesn't always... <laughs> cooperate <laughs> with what we think he ought to do, right? So <laughs> if there's something in your life that is a pain point and you're like, yes, Lord, it says in your word this, so you need to do that. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that that God's going to violate his word. I'm saying that his ways of pulling the things off that is in line with who he says he is He's got five gazillion ways to do that. And so sometimes we get really offended with God because he's not jumping through our hoops. <laughs> and we we look at the hoop, we say, okay, God, this is a hoop you need to jump through because this is what it says in your word. <laughs> and this is kind of human nature, but we can be silly, right? We can kind of be silly. So of course, God's not going to violate his word. But he also is not limited in the ways that we think he ought to operate. And so sometimes we can get really flat out offended with God. 
And we do. If we're honest, we do. Now, I, I know for good little Christians and doing our good little Christian thing, oh no, I'm, you know, I'd never be offended with God. And I think that's just dishonest to be quite, let me just call a spade a spade. Because a lot of times, because God is a relational God and we're in relationship with Him and we get expectations, um, and some of these expectations are because, you know, we saw it in scripture and so this is how it needs to go. But the truth is, um, our expectations, if, unless God said, this is how I'm going to move and this is what it's going to look like, we need to temper our expectations. And so sometimes, uh, we start to get frustrated with him. We start to get offended with him. And that, that doesn't create space in our relationship with him where faith is effectively working. If, if faith is energized, activated, working through love and we're kind of offended, <laughs> we're sort of compromising our ability to receive what he really wants us to receive. So, you know, um, a lot of times when I talk to people about kind of the stuff they're getting from God, right? Uh, so say you got a prophetic word from God. He spoke something to you. That's great. Um, but usually where we err or where we're going to, going to run into problem, problems is not with what he said. It's with how we, um, interpret it and how we apply it. And so we need to also go to the Lord with, okay, so you said this. What does this look like? How do I need to walk this out so that I'm flowing in the way that with the expectations, uh, that, um, that, that you're, you're, that are in line with what you're saying, right? Because we get offended with people don't meet our expectations, including God. Okay. And sometimes, uh, we can get so underneath the problems that God seems puny and the problems seem huge. And, you know, a lot of times I say a little bit tongue in cheek, but not really <laughs> that Jesus was the big A answer before the little p problem of the fault. Now, the problem of the fault is huge. How many of us are operating completely according to original design and true righteousness and holiness? You know, we are, we are, uh, we're still in the process of being unveiled from glory to glory to glory. All of that. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind and we haven't completed the process, right? We're being conformed into the image of Christ, but that is an ongoing process. So in the way place that we are operating in a, fallen ways of being. I, I don't believe we have a fallen nature. I think that belies the finished work of the cross, that that we are created new creatures, right? That the old man is dead and the new man resurrected with him, all of that. So we, I don't believe we have a sin nature, but we certainly have fallen ways of being, fallen mindsets, fallen uh, habits, fallen perspectives, fallen ways of seeing God, ourselves and others. And in that place, we walk out of that place in levels of brokenness that, um, and we, we harm one another. We harm one another. We harm ourselves. And so in the place where we're, we're operating from that place, God can, um, is huge. Except for how big is God? Because if God, if Jesus is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, that's, that's, uh, that means that the answer was set in motion before the problem ever became uh, evident in the scene realm, right? Jesus as the big A answer was set in motion as the answer to, uh, the fallenness that we, you know, that we struggle with, right? 
And so sometimes we need to shake ourselves because we, 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 we get so taken with the fallenness of things around us that God seems puny. And if God is seeming puny in our mindsets, if he's seeming puny or unfaithful or um, uh, moving around um, in terms of how he's operating or if he seems distant or if he seems angry or if he seems disapproving, all of those things. Okay, those ways of relating to him are not going to release faith, in which case that God is able to move uh, in ways that are in line with the good things that he says he wants for us, right? He, he came that we might have life more abundant till the full, till it overflows. Well, in the places where we are not uh, operating uh, in fullness until it overflows, well, ding to ding ding, Houston, we have a problem and it's probably not God. <laughs> it's probably our fallen ways of our limitations. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the process of being conformed. We're not, we, we are as God in this world but we've not been completely unveiled as him, right? We still have fallen mindsets. We still have fallen ways of, of seeing things. We still have fallen perspectives. We still have uh, ways that we we uh, we limit ourselves and, and, and we limit God through our unbelief. We have all those things and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but it is diagnostic. And so sometimes we need to ask ourselves, well, how, how big is God to me? Because right now God seems puny. Because the problem uh, seems so overwhelming, right? Seems so overwhelming. So I just thought um, I wanted to minister some things today to help you uh, and in your in wherever you're at, embrace in a happy, uh, experiential way the huge, sweeping nature of who not only who God is, but who God is for you, right? Who God is for you. Um, I'm not interested in an esoteric discussion. I'm interested, where does the rubber meet the road for you in your life in real time as you're living it? So, um, so let me, uh, start to unpack some things that are just happy things. And this is actually from my Marked by Love book. I'll just do a shameless plug right there. You might want to get that. It's really good. <laughs> but I, um, I included an appendix, and this is actually in the body of the book itself, with uh, something called All Things, a Bountiful Meditation Project. Because if God is love, and love is sweeping, love is in all, for all, all of that, uh, then, you know, we need to connect with that because that's where we need it for ourselves. We need God right with us in our problems, in our pain, uh, and pulling us out and causing us to transcend out of that. So in that, you know, if God is love and love is a person that swallowed all of the cosmos up in himself, he is one with his cosmos. Um, he is drawing all things to himself. That means all fallen ways of being, all hearts that are resisting him, all the places in your heart that are, you know, unbelieving, no condemnation, but we have them, all of those places that feel distant, stuck, alone, all of that, uh, then, you know, we can look to him to do all the things that he says he's going to do. So um, Philippians 4.13 is talking about that he is all the while effectually at work in us, energizing, creating us, the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure, pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Let me just help you. 
Uh, his good pleasure, satisfaction, delight is pleasurable, satisfying, and delightful because he's love and he wants happy kids. And so he's empowering us. He's all the while, effectually, that means it's effective. It works, right? And that is why all things are possible through him, right? All things are possible with him through him, Mark 19.26 and Mark 10.27, that he's able to cause all things to work together for our good. Now, let's be very clear. Our, all things are not good. Death, destruction, um, sex trafficking, uh, corruption, uh, you know, theft, sickness, disease, death are not good. Okay. Let's not put some sort of funky religious overlay on there, but he's able to move all the pieces together where when, when all is said and done, it's worked all things together for our good as we're seeking the kingdom, right? As we're seeking the kingdom first, what does that mean? Because that's, that's my primary spot. As I'm looking to you as king, as king of kings, you're my king and I'm a king right? I understand the gender thing. So let's not get all weird about that. But as we're seeking all that and he has his kingdom, wow, as we're looking at that, then we're looking through a lens where all those things can be completed through him. All things have been committed to to Christ by Papa through him. Oh my goodness. This just makes me so happy. All things were made. So all things were made through Christ through the one who was the word, who was the logos without him, nothing that has been made has been made. So every good thing was made through a loving God. Okay. God has put all things under his, his feet. Holy spirit will teach us and remind us of all things, everything that Christ has said. So you have in the place where like, okay, now remind me again, what the promises, remind me what to look for. Remind me how to live. So Holy Spirit is able to put you into remindment of all those things. His hand has made all things. That's love has made all things. He's drawing all things to himself. Uh, the, one of my very favorites, uh, uh, that Father God, right? Who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. Now he gave himself up. Why they're one. Okay. So this wasn't, you know, the whipping boy for Papa God. We're not into the penal substitution thing. But if God gave himself up for us, how, how much more, how, how much, how is it possible that he would deny to us and not graciously give us all things. If he gave, if he gave himself, what smaller thing is he going to be like? No, nah, not going to do it. He's, is he going to withhold from him, from us? For from him and through him, all things were made. How big is God, right? All things are in and through him. Um, let's see. Uh, so Father God is uh, where all things came from and for whom we live and Jesus Christ through whom all things came and through whom we live. That he's able to uh, bless us abundantly in all things at all times, having all need. We will abound to every good work. There's just all, 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 all and everything. He's made known the mystery of his goodwill according to his good pleasure, which we purposed in Christ to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth um, uh, under Christ, bringing everything under all Christ. So he is one and he's drawing us to oneness, drawing all things to himself. How masterful is God? Uh, you know, it's funny because we're talking about unity now and it's looking like anything else but unity. <laughs> and so, but who is the one 
that will accomplish that purpose. Like that purpose will be accomplished. Papa placed all things under Christ's feet and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church. Right. Um, so the mystery of the boundless riches of Christ who created all things. So this is just an all things God. So if we try to look at something outside of God, right, there's nothing outside of the one who created all things. And if there's nothing outside of that, there's nothing outside the bounds of love. And so our problem is not that love doesn't reach that far. Our problem is that we are blind and need to be awakened to the fact that that is available. And then this, this mother of all scripture is so awesome. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among all, among the dead. So that everything he might, in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. He's drawing all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So God's final word was his son. So it was the final word. It's not like we have a little appendix. We don't have a little PS after that. If he's the alpha and the omega and every letter in between, there's no like postscript after that. (laughs) He started all things and he shall finish all things. Um, one of the things that I also wanted to make a connection with in, in studying how, how big is God, right? Is that this concept of God is love. You know, in first, uh, Corinthians 13, it talks about now these things, three things remain. Now faith, hope, and love remain. Everything else is passing away. Now we're in Him, right? So we're eternal, but all these other things are passing away. Uh, because those three things remain at the end of the day, those, and the greatest of these is love. Now, fascinating, you know, and that goes along with, uh, first John, uh, uh, 13, eight, that love never fails. So ultimately love wins. Now, what happens in the process in between? This may be, it, it's a thing. We're in the middle. We're in the middle. So we're not seeing it from the end perspective. We're not even seeing it from the be- beginning perspective. We're seeing it. Uh, in the midst of going through, but if love never fails, that means there's nothing greater than love because there's nothing greater than God. And in that place where, where love reigns supreme, uh, we get to partake of that. That's why Jesus gave us one commandment to love as he loves, right? And so if that's our commandment, um, that, that's supernaturally empowered, right? Uh, we can't like work it up. I can't white knuckle loving because honestly, uh, you know, I get offended, exacerbated, whatever, and I got to go back and I got to retreat back to love and remind myself of the very same things. Why? Because I have, have just a, a human frailty, just like everyone else. And so in that place where that happens, as we abide in him and him in us, we will bear much fruit. What is the greatest fruit? The fruit is love. 
And out of that, everything else flows from him because he is so masterful. As we're hanging out with him, we're continually being transformed and transfigured into his image. And as the sons and daughters of God are being unveiled, creation that's been groaning for that manifestation starts to be released from its burden. And we take that rulership. Remember, I was talking about um, Christ as the king of kings. Well, you're a king <laughs> as the Lord of Lord. Well, you're a Lord. You're just a little K, K king and a little L Lord, but you are called to rule and reign. You're as he is in this world. So you are on terra firma to be unveiled and to uh, fulfill the purposes which God prearranged and made ready for you to live in. And that is why uh, you seeing God correctly and me seeing God correctly is crucial. Everything starts from that. And out of that place where he is unveiled as big and huge and sweeping and present and intimate at the same time uh, and working all these things together for our good, then he turns around, unveils us to us, you to you, me to me, uh, as a son and daughter of God. We're trans, we're increasingly being transformed and transfigured by the renewing of our mind as we, as he's unveiling us to us. And then out of that place, we're able to accomplish the things on planet earth. That the, that, that the earth is released from its groaning. Good morning. Uh, was released from its bondage, right? And that's the impact you have on in the earth realm, right? In the earth realm as, as you look at God huge, as you look at yourself in his image and likeness as huge, because you are, uh, you are a supernatural being. You are a partaker of the divine nature and you, you like Christ have, have this, uh, humanity, fullness and humanity, fullness, uh, of who you are, uh, as, as having a divine nature, which God gave you right in his image and likeness. So operating in that dynamic, uh, we're able to operate in the seen realm and have a benign lordship of love, a benign kingship of love, so that creation is released from its groaning. You know, it's interesting when you think about it, part of creation that is under, under bondage is also other people. I don't know if you've thought of this because, um, as you are, uh, released from bondage because you're seeing God as he is, you're seeing yourself as you are, you're being unveiled, right? You're being transformed with it, renewing of your mind. You're also able to share with other people so that they are released from their bondage and they see God correctly. They see God them, uh, themselves, uh, righteously. And then they are, they're able to release. And this is that, that, uh, organic, um, uh, ministry that God is working from the grassroots level, right? This is why the kingdom of heaven can't be stopped. So people may be freaking out. Well, we can't meet in church because of COVID. Well, the church never is unstoppable, right? Because you can't stop being you. You're created in the image and likeness of God. And so God just provides different outlets and different ways of doing that. But you are unstoppable in him because you're created in his image and likeness. And he is huge. And so we just need to remind ourselves of a sweeping vast. God is masterful. That is one thing that I, I like to remind people when they start to get really um, discouraged right? And, and, and things just look crappy, right? Things just look, and they feel crappy. And, and a lot of times will be like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what the answers are. I have no idea how to address this. I just know that God is huge. He's masterful and he is love. 
and he's wild about you. So one way or the other, it's going to be good. One way or the other, he's going to put you over as you're looking unto him. Instead of looking and delving into the problem. So we need to look away from the things that oppress and really look, look into Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, right? Your faith is not going to be found in the problem. Your answer is not going to be found in the problem. Your answer is going to be found in the one who is the answer and who has all the faith and loans you his faith. And that faith is also working by love, which you receive from him. And so that faith works by love. And so things are able to, to be changed to be changed. Now with that, you know, I would ask the Lord what that, what, what does that look like? Because as I said in the beginning, sometimes when we have these expectations of what it looks like and God, God doesn't jump through our hoops, how rude, uh, we can get really offended with him. But if God is not the one who said, this is how, how it's going down. This is, this is what your expectations should look like. Then, you know, we really can get offended because he may not move that way. He's going to move a good way. Okay. And chances are it's going to be better above all you can think, ask, hope, or believe. Okay. So that is the mastery of God. And I will say this, God is not limited in time the way we're limited to. And I also happen to believe, I'm not going to get dogmatic on it, but I also believe that God also is able to work after death. Ding, 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 ding. If, if I make my bed in hell, even you are there in the midst. If we're um, being consumed in the fires in the presence of the lamb, well, you know what? Um, the, God is not a, a sadist. What are the fires? Those are the fires of love and what's being consumed, what's ever not of love's kind. That's not you, but that's the the, the false ways of being, um, sinful habits, behaviors, mindsets, judgments, all of that kind of stuff, that that's going to go. So we might as well lean into the conformity to the image of Christ, the image of love that he's doing now. And, you know, and I happen to believe he can do that after death. I'm not going to be super dogmatic because there's a lot of mystery there. I just think there's enough scriptural evidence to point to that. And it's in line with his nature. Um, but whatever it is, God is sweeping, God is huge, and you get to partake of every bit of that, and you get to enjoy him and allow him to sweep you up into his plans and his mastery and to his goodness and keep you in the midst of, you know, things that are painful. And he's able to work because he sees the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha, he is the Omega, and he is love and love never fails. Isn't that amazing? So anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you to, today. I hope this has encouraged you today. Um, I so uh, enjoy uh, hanging out with you. Share this with someone who needs it. I love you guys. Oh, and by the way, let me just, uh, I'll, I will promo my book here. So Mark by Love, I alluded to earlier, is on Amazon, Kindle, uh, Softcover, and Audible. And that will make you happy. <laughs> It's <laughs> 20 years of my working through these issues, and boy, did I have issues, to bear some beautiful, beautiful, palpable fruit so you can experience God uh, and experience who he made you to be and be released in your purpose uh, because you're tracking rightly with who God is, who you are, and what he sent you to do. Anyway, I love you guys. Uh, have an amazing day. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.